show number 156 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek, about Bill's show. These are your butt girls, reporting from Cloud Nine, Gatner Land. Freshly back. <gasps> but we haven't Bill. come down to earth yet. It was so good. It was. It was really good. Um, and I have seen, I, we haven't read any of the reviews. So we put that on the blog, and I think we said it on Facebook, too. We really wanted to come to this show fresh. Mm -hmm. But I had seen sort of some positive things, some negative things, just in headlines that you couldn't right. avoid seeing. Right. And honestly, I don't see what there was negative to say about this show. Well, I think if, if you had... If you were a Shatner fan, but for whatever reason had never had the opportunity to see him mm -hmm. at a convention, mm. um, I think you'd have a very different experience than if you had seen him. Yes. Um, if you weren't a Shatner fan, that would be the negative, <laughs> I think. Yeah, but why would you go to a why show like this? Why would you go to that? Yeah. Yes, unless you're a reviewer being forced to go, in which yeah. case there's a bias. Um, one of the things that was striking me was he told stories we had heard before. He mm -hmm. also told many stories we had not heard before. Mm -hmm. But the difference in the way he performs and tells them between the way he tells those same stories at a convention mm -hmm. was very remarkable. Oh, yeah. This was a performance. Well, it was a performance, but it was, it was also, um, it had more dynamics. Yes. Because in, at the conventions, he's just, you know, at his highest energy the entire time. Yeah. And here, it wasn't off the cuff like mm -hmm. he is at the conventions. Mm -hmm. This was, you know, something planned, and we'll talk later about how well put together the show was. So there was that, but there was also, you know, because he's done it so many times and is regarding it, I believe, as kind of a role. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there were thoughtful moments, and there were quieter moments, and there were the, the bombastic Crazy yeah. Bill moments. But they weren't as crazy mm -hmm. as when he's at the convention. Yes. And so I was thinking, when you go to the con convention, you see this character of William Shatner. And you see him doing this on TV many times mm -hmm. in interviews. Here, this was an interesting hybrid of mm. that yeah. character, a little yeah. toned down, and what I think is the real Bill. Yeah. There was a lot of real Bill that came through. I totally agree with that. Um, I want to pause just for a moment to say, um, so I flew to Chicago today. Yes. <laughs> um, I got up and I did my stuff and I got on a plane and I came here and I came to your, or your new apartment and I saw Jack the podcasting dog. Yes. And we immediately left, jumped in a cab, had dinner and went to see Bill. Yes. And that was fantastic. Yeah, I think and I gave you like two minutes, you know, to, <laughs> to sort of refresh yourself. And then we went downstairs and hopped in a cab. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a whirlwind day, which has been just fun. And to top it, off the whirlwindiness of it. It's summer here in, in We're having summer in March. It was 80-some degrees. Yeah. But when we got a half a block from the restaurant, it suddenly started pouring rain. Yeah. And just as we get out of the cab, there was such a huge thunderclap. People screamed. People screamed. And I thought, no, no, that was a thunderclap. That was not a gunshot. Yeah. But I realized... It's one of the things that is still surprising me here, even though I grew up in this area. A Midwest thunderstorm mm -hmm. is so <laughs> amazing. This was so fucking loud. It was. It was the <laughs> loudest thing ever. So, so that happened, and then we left, and we came back here, and now we're sitting on your couch with beers. Yes. <laughs> so, amid, amid all the boxes. Amid all the boxes and but, everything. So I just wanted to set the scene for people. Yes, that's the that's scene. important. Yes. And we both had so many things we wanted to say about the show, but we held them until I know. Now. We were like almost yeah. silent coming home. Yeah. Because we didn't want to spoil it. But um, we, there was one uh, right after the, the show, I had a real butt girl moment. <laughs> so we're walking down the street kind of, you know, thinking we'll get a cab to come home. And there's a big, giant, fucking blacked-out windows limousine. It was the biggest limousine I've ever seen. And, and it was silver. It wasn't white like a wedding no, limousine. No, no, no. And it wasn't like a stupid Hummer limousine. It no. was a, a type of limousine that was like half a block long, like yes. a cartoon limousine <laughs> even. And we both went, oh, is that Bill's limousine? It's got to be Bill's limousine. It's uh -huh. Bill's limousine. And so 
Lena gets out her phone, and I went over to it, and I stood by it, and I put my hand <laughs> right on the door handle like I was going to get into the back yeah, of Bill's it made a, limo. it made a good picture, and we were hoping that Liz wasn't inside calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> if she was, I'm pretty sure she's used to it. But also, I cannot imagine Liz just sitting out the limo waiting. No, she you know, she's backstage. backstage with him. Doing the meet and greet stuff. Right, and Making right. sure everything is cool. Yes. Um, so the show was two hours long. Yeah. It was supposed to be an hour and 40 minutes, and it was a good two hours. Yeah, and no intermission. So nope. Bill is just on all alone the whole time. Yep. Now, you know, this was interesting because the shows in Canada and Australia he did with a co-host. Right. There, it was an interview sort of it thing. It was more. So I guess for whatever reason they decided Because it was to, going to Broadway. Yeah, they needed to change it up and make it more of an actual performance. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Yes. And I think a good choice. And I'm, I'm really glad that he also wasn't taking um, questions from the audience, which apparently he was doing on the other right, legs right. of the tour. Because, yeah, who yeah. cares? Yeah. Yeah, he had completely removed it from the whole convention interview thing. Yeah, yeah, which was good. And in fact, right at the beginning of the show, when he came out on stage, some jerk in the audience yelled something, yeah. which I couldn't make out. And Bill said, um, no, I'm talking now. Sit down and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> which was great. And I got you, listen. Got a, got a lot of applause for that. So yes. that, that was good. I like that. Yes. Um, the, well, well, again, setting the scene, sort of. Um, the stage had a big screen hanging mm -hmm. down there, and before it started, it was showing you know pictures of the cosmos mm -hmm. and things like that. And then behind it, the backdrop was one of the stars. Yeah. And then on one side of the stage was a, a desk and a chair with a little lamp, mm -hmm. and on the other side was like a table mm -hmm. and a, and a chair and a little lamp. And that table had a pitcher of water, mm -hmm. which Bill never went and used. Right. But it's always good to have that if you're going to be the only guy out there for two hours. And uh, and that that was the set. That and was it. The rest of it, you know, was Bill working the stage, and um, he has a chair with him that's on mm -hmm. wheels. And the chair plays several characters. The chair is great. And he made great use of it. Yes. And I was when it first came out, I went, "Is Bill going to sit down and talk? Because <laughs> we've seen him in so many conventions, and they put a chair out there for him, and he may start out in the mm -hmm. chair, and he may stay in it for thirty whole seconds. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the time, he's up and about." And you know this was the same thing, but but not at, not at that same frenetic pace. This was a much more personal evening, yeah. not slow paced, not low key. No, but you know, yeah, his business with the chair was great, and of course he loves the business. Oh, and he, I thought his stuff with the chair, especially um, when he was talking about his father, was amazing. That mm -hmm. was really well done and yes. really well thought out, and and like a play. You know, we haven't talked, and we, we, we probably should have made a decision. How much of this are we going to give away? Well, I, I, think, <laughs> I think we can hit the highlights and not, you know, tell every single thing that okay. he did. Um, well, about the structure of the show, it was so wonderful because it wasn't, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. It was more thematic, mm -hmm. and how an experience he had in real life, perhaps as, as a kid, or, you know, as an adult out riding a horse or something, led him to a realization that affected later things in his life, sometimes mm -hmm. how to approach a scene, mm -hmm. sometimes it, it was, you know, what opportunities to take, and, and it, so it was kind of like what I've learned, but not in this, and I will tell you, and here's no, the secret no. to life, but it was really sort of thematic in that way, and I, I like that. I also like the fact that um, he talked a lot about acting. Mm -hmm. Which was really interesting. Yes, um, because as we've said before on the show, he's really interesting when he's talking about acting. Yes, um, and talking about kind of the nuts and bolts of acting, which mm -hmm. is always interesting to hear from someone who's been doing it for, you know, more than sixty years. Yeah, like that's been his profession for all this time, mm -hmm. and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, I I really liked him retelling the stories of. Um, Stratford and, and what happened and yeah that was really really good yep I, I like the spin that he put on those and he tells the story of course of when he went on for Christopher Plummer mm -hmm. and one of the, the the things that made it different and even more special was on the screen they were showing you know photographs and things and they showed the newspaper clippings yeah from you know uh, star gets sick understudy goes on it's great <laughs> something like that and they had the headshots 
of Christopher Plummer and William Shatner, neither of whom looked a bit like themselves. No. And in that headshot, Bill looked about 14. He did. I know. Oh, my God. It was, oh, it was awful that they used that picture of him. Yep. But what I, what I really liked, which became ob very obviously the theme as it went along, was Bill's willingness to say yes. Yes. And he didn't start out by saying, the theme of my life has been saying yes. It just kind of came up, and he started repeating it more and more every time he'd tell a story mm -hmm. about a time when he took a risk. And I, I liked that, that it was subtle, yes. and he wove it in, and it made sense. And it made sense in the context of each thing that he was talking about, mm -hmm. because each thing that he talked about really was a risk. You know, yes. saying yes to being the understudy and saying yes to going on, mm -hmm. you know, those things are risky, yes. very, very risky. And I'm kind of thinking that with, you know, with the last book, um, one of the main themes of which is say yes. And so this is an extension of that. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that doing that book and doing these performances in a way is probably very cathartic and very enlightening for him. Mm -hmm. Because we all know he, he fears death more than anything mm -hmm. else in the entire world. And um, I think he wants to believe there is meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And so finding those connections is, I, I think, I, I, I think he's had some truly aha moments mm -hmm. of discovery mm -hmm. in having to, to look back as much as he's had to for this, because he's a very forward-looking person. Mm -hmm. and that's part of what keeps him so young compared to many mm -hmm. other people his age. Um, but he had to really be reflective about, you know, okay, what has gone in, in, mm -hmm. on in my life? And, and probably realize, oh, of course, it was having that experience that helped me find the essence of the Kirk character. Mm -hmm. You know, that it wasn't just something he made up or... Right, yeah, I, I think that's true. And we got to see a lot of that. I, I like the way the stories of his personal life and his acting life were, were woven together. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't feel like any of the story. I mean, there were some really funny stories. Oh, yeah. There were some really, really funny stories, including um, a new punchline to the rat in the trailer one. Oh, which I loved. And that was one of the moments where even if he made it up, when he said that line, which I'm not going to give away, he suddenly changed, and I could see him as the dad. Yeah. Because, you know, it was something he said, he said yeah. to his girls. And it was suddenly a whole different aspect of him. Yeah. Very personal, very funny. Mm -hmm. and It was great. There were also a couple really touching moments, not manipulative, mm -hmm. you know, not trying to, to get to your emotions, but there's a story he tells about his, his horse, the mm -hmm. horse that was his favorite and had the greatest meaning. And I, I found that very, very, oh, yeah. very touching. Very touching. I, and... The, the touching stories felt really honest, mm -hmm. really, really honest. Um, this is the most I've ever heard him talk about his family. Yes. Talk about his family. Mm -hmm. I know he's written about them in, in the books, but mm -hmm. to hear him talk about his mother and his father, yeah. that was different. And his sister, who he never talks about. No, you never hear about his two sisters. And and that was a very funny story he told, but very black, you know, at his black father's humor. funeral. Yeah. But it was good, and, and I think gives a little more insight into the kind of family they must have been. Mm -hmm. You know, if that was the way that they would joke with each other at their father's funeral. Right. Comfortably. Comfortably. And it is a, a way of relieving tension. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. That it was. was really it, was, funny. it was very funny. And I had heard that. I don't think it was in the book. I think I accidentally read enough of a review that they gave that away. Yeah. But I had forgotten the punchline. So I knew something good was coming. Mm -hmm. It was good. And it was good. That was very good. Um, so he spent some time talking about Star Trek. Mm -hmm. But not... It wasn't the, the only thing. Mm -hmm. um, he used the Star Trek theme twice. And, and I said, oh, it's just like our show. Yes, because <laughs> it started with that. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but I, I wanted to mention, we talked a little bit about this coming home, was that... His, the introduction to the whole section, the section of the show on Star Trek was the Risk is Our Business speech. Mm -hmm. which And he was showing clips throughout the show. But it wasn't just, and here's a clip of me doing this. I mean, the clips were, they inform, or yeah. uh, they, they, uh, they added some more texture mm -hmm. to the content. Mm -hmm. 
but it was it, this was Bill telling you these stories, and the the the, the clips were just illustrations yeah, of yeah. that. So he was getting to you know the most important thing about Star Trek, and he had been talking about the space program and, and mm -hmm. all that stuff, and it worked really well. And as he was showing that clip, which we I've probably seen you know a hundred times or more or more, yeah, it, and it's just so good, and you know it's. It's quintessential Bill because uh -huh. he's acting his heart out and it's just wonderful and everything. And, and I got to thinking, you know, that that little clip, which is probably, what, a minute long? If maybe, maybe less, maybe 45, 45 seconds. 45 seconds, I think. That is Star Trek. That is just that speech. The heart of Star Trek. You could show that to anybody and say, this is what Star Trek is about. And if there was ever a legacy from the show that you could encapsulate, it would be that clip. Just Bill mm -hmm. talking in that character about what they're doing. It's amazing. It's yep. just so cool that that's the whole show right there in Risk is Our Business. Yep. And that he, he points and he uses a finger. <laughs> Dr. McCoy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, it, the different emotional phases that speech goes through, and you think of the different ways it could have yes. been done. Oh man, it's when he it's, smiles in the middle of I it because know. he's getting to the heart of it. It's like ah, it's so good. It's 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 such a range, and mm -hmm. it, it's like and it's like a whole narrative right there, right? Oh, and I love too. Again, talking about the risk things, is you know when he's saying you know oh, you want to kill off Kirk, why do you want to kill off Kirk? And you know they told him how they wanted to do it, and he goes. I can make that work. <laughs> and he used that line a couple times talking yep. about roles when he was talking about Denny Crane, the, right. the, the role that David E. Kelly wrote for him. And, and he's going, yeah, I can, I can play a guy who's probably going senile. And, and <laughs> I can make that work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, say yes. Do what you can with it. Yes. That's really good. Um, things he didn't mention, um, Leonard Nimoy, except for once or mm -hmm. twice. So that was kind of interesting. You know, I think. Well, you know, again, in the convention setting, it's all about Star Trek. Sure. He has to stress his relationship with Leonard because it was one. It's one of the positive things, and Leonard isn't going to come out and say, you know, "fuck you" and the horse you rode in on. Um, and in a way, that almost sums up Bill's life. I think his family, his passion for the horses, mm -hmm. and his professional work are the three most important things in his mm -hmm. life, not his friends, no mm -hmm. matter how close and wonderful they are. Yeah, that's true. I think that's true. And I think part of that might be having spent 67, well, 70-some years in show business. Mm -hmm. And people who are, you know, your, your really good friend uh, never respond to your calls or, in mm -hmm. modern terms, emails once the show closes. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, what's, what's really going to be there the next day? Mm -hmm. Your family whatever your other passion may be, mm -hmm. that you probably have a little more control over than you do your show business mm -hmm. life. And the next job, the professional work you can do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I just was waiting for him to say something, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. So that was an interesting thing. Um, I, I liked uh, that he, he was good at telling jokes. Like, I never thought of Bill as a joke teller. Mm -hmm. He told some pretty funny jokes. And I gotta say, there are, I don't know, maybe four or five uh, moments in the show where a little bit of sort of yada da da yeah. da music plays, different types of music, you know. Um, and it sort of breaks the show into sections. Yeah. And I'm sure that's the way he and whoever helped him put it together um, intended it. And, you know, he kind of dances. And the yeah. dancing's <laughs> like, okay, it's some guy trying to do, you know, the hokey mm -hmm. sort of vaudeville dance. But there is one point where he dances as if he has a partner. Yes. And that he's was, quite graceful. He it's, was so it's graceful. Lovely. I was amazed. I, I was, yeah. He was sort of pirouetting, and I was like, oh, look at well, him. Well, it just, well, yeah, you know, okay, he's not a great dancer, but I can't help saying it reminds me of um, that Fred Astaire always had prop dances. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the, the movie called That's Entertainment, mm -hmm. where they show a lot of wonderful clips, and I can't remember who was narrating this segment, but there's um, Fred Astaire, and I think it's in the movie Royal Wedding, dancing with a hat rack. Mm -hmm. And it, it might have been Sid Cherise, because I know it was a woman, and she was singing, here's you know a classic dance by Fred, and as usual, 
he makes his partner look good. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was that sort of thing, the commitment to the moment. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It's a chair. It's a hat rack. It's mm -hmm. firecrackers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. Yep. And that's typical of him. Again, you give yourself completely to it. We're doing Spock's brain. His brain's been stolen. Great. Let's, <laughs> you know, we're just going to commit to that like that's the real thing. And, and, you know. Yep, exactly. Well, I loved his dance with the chair. Oh, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And especially because it was. He was dancing with the chair while they were playing that song mm -hmm. from Has Been. Yes, the song about dancing with the chair, chair. on Has Been. Most people haven't heard that bonus track, but. I didn't know if we wanted to reveal which song it was. <laughs> uh, so Yeah, I, we're being very cagey for yeah, those of you who have not seen yeah, the show. Um, I loved the fact that he shilled for everything during the show. <laughs> but you know, the shilling was kind of a minimum. It was. Yeah, but I mean, it was, of all his public appearances, I think this had the most minimal shilling I have ever well, seen. Well, that's because he had so many things he had to mention. Yes. He mentioned everything. Yeah. Which was, it just cracked me up, and he got in, he even got in Priceline.com. I know. Which I made know. me laugh. Excuse me. So yes, he mentioned everything and did a fairly large-sized plug for the Has Been album. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which I think it deserves. But you know, since this was this very personal show, I think has been was like a major turning point and certainly a major step in his decision to become to do things that were more self-revealing. Mm -hmm. And I again, one of the few things we talked about coming home because we wanted to save it all for you <laughs> was um, the clips that were used were so well chosen. Mm -hmm. And I loved that he showed the clip of him and Patrick Stewart, yes. where Bill comes to the realization of, yeah, being remembered as Captain Kirk would be cool. You know, I don't have to shun that character mm -hmm. anymore. That's, a, that's an accomplishment, and I should be proud of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, other things like that. So even when he was Showing a lot of these clips from work he's done, especially the Alexander clip oh. and the stories that led to. Yeah. Um, this wasn't my life in showbiz, which a lot of these one-man shows are, and they're usually hugely entertaining. Mm -hmm. This was my life as a person, and mm -hmm. my job happens to be acting, and it has offered me a great many opportunities, but this is what it has all meant yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a very well constructed show in that mm -hmm. way, and I, I for me, you know, Bill really moved effortlessly, effortlessly from topic to topic. Oh yeah, and the the way the stories kind of slid into each other, mm -hmm. I think, worked incredibly well, and he made them work well. And you know, Bill has a great sense of performance and comic mm -hmm. timing and all the rest of it. So his delivery of jokes and lines and everything, it was just it was good. Well, and the, uh, I'm, I'm starting to think now more and more about this. Why was this so different from a convention? And I, uh, maybe I'm just saying the same thing I said before, but a little differently. But because he doesn't have to deal with the questions and answers. And because it is more structured, um, every time you do something, you know, a show with lines mm -hmm. or with at least a structure to it, whether you're saying it word for word or improvising or whatever, if there's a given structure, every time you do it, you'll find different things mm -hmm. in it. And certainly doing a reflective show like this, I think would be even more so. And I think that's so much of what adds to the texture. And we've, we've seen this at conventions mm -hmm. a million times. Um, the people who, who give him questions and everything, you will almost never, never, in fact, I'm not sure I've ever even seen it, get a serious answer. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you know, if that's what you want is to, to really see Bill where he's really putting some thought into it and not just what will get the laugh, because that's yeah. the thing at the convention yeah. is what will get a laugh. Uh -huh. This is what will give this meaning, what will help people mm -hmm. understand what I'm trying to tell them. Mm -hmm. um, this it, it, it's wonderful. Yeah, um. So uh, here, here's I think this gives you more of what you want mm -hmm. when you go to the conventions or any of these appearance things. Mm -hmm. You know, we all want to feel like for a brief moment we were close to Bill, mm -hmm. or that that 
that we had a personal connection. Mm -hmm. And you can feel that when with this show because he is being much more open than he's ever been. Mm -hmm. And although we're not telling him, oh gosh, yeah, you know what happened to me, <laughs> or you know anything like that, it it is you're getting more insight into the real person, and mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I'm so glad he's doing this, and I'm glad he's doing it now. I'm glad he didn't do this when he was, you know, 40 or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think so. And he, when he talks about you know his father several times, and then tells the story of um, his father dying. And the funeral and everything after that, which turned into a funny, a very blackly mm -hmm. comedic story, but it it is on the topic of death, and it leads into a little bit later on the death of his wife Noreen, which he mm -hmm. talks about very honestly, very quickly. Right, not going into the details of what happened, but talking about I don't know, not how it changed him, but what he thought at the time, and and what he came to realize he was wrong about. Yeah, you know. yeah. And, and it reinforces what he keeps saying about, um, and about love being so important and love in different forms mm -hmm. and thinking about what death is and what that means. And um, that ties into his stories about Kirk dying and what mm -hmm. he thought that might be. And, you know, it, 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 I just thought it was so good the way he brought all these things together and the themes overlapped so much. And it was just really good. One of the best moments in the show is when he's talking about that, you know, Kirk's, Kirk's death. And, and you know, he, he tells us, you know, the story about Timothy Leary's mm -hmm. last words and then, then Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And he, he goes, what? Why don't any of them ever tell us what? They just die. But he's going... But but there's no context. I mean, we don't know. How did he say it? Was it, oh, wow. Yeah. Or was it, oh, wow, 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 wow. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> but it, it was great. And you could tell he has, you know, he has put some thought into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I got to say one thing, and I love that he did this. When he, see, so many of these stories you thought, okay, he's going to this story I've heard, and it turned out to be something different. Like, when he started talking about his father's death, you think he's going to tell the story about we were filming right. the hard episode. Nope, 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 nope. Did not do it. When he uh, was talking about uh, when Neil Armstrong landed mm -hmm. on the moon. And uh, he told it in a completely different way than he usually does, you know, and it was very thoughtful. But when he quotes Neil Armstrong... He quotes what Armstrong meant to say. Oh, really? Did he? I didn't even yes. know that. <laughs> he did not quote what Armstrong said exactly because Armstrong blew his line. Oh, that's so funny. And I, I thought, damn, that does sound so much better. <laughs> yeah, the way they wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> you could read the lines written on the page. And, you know, when he starts talking about uh, his musical career, mm -hmm. such as it is, I love that he... he prefaces it with, I love the spoken word. I yeah. love the musicality. I love the rhythm. And these are all things you and I have talked about. about oh, Bill yeah. loves language. Yes. And he loves playing with it. And he likes the feel of words in his mouth. Yeah. He used big words. And yeah, he uses big words. He, yeah. Very expensive words. Um, he looked good. Yes. Before we forget to say this. Yes. He looks like he's lost some weight. Mm -hmm. um, I liked his outfit. That was a very expensive jacket he was wearing. You could yes. tell when he turned it inside out. Yes. <laughs> um, and he seemed incredibly full of energy and just jumping around and doing everything. And I have to say, his voice was beautiful. So mm -hmm. beautiful. You know, I was a little worried that because he's doing this tour, that his voice might be a little rough or, you know, because, you know, that can happen yeah. when, you're, oh, when you're doing it talking for two hours. And but. flying from city to city, all that dryness, that's yeah. going to wear on you, and then you have to get on stage and do two hours of just you. But especially in the quiet moments, his mm -hmm. voice was just amazing. Yep. So beautiful and deep and just, I, I don't even know what the, the right word is to mm -hmm. describe it. Like, I hate velvety because that's not right. No, that's because there's always an edge to his voice. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, and I it's so compelling. Yes. I mean, when he speaks that way, in and and he drops his voice in those sort of hushed tones, 
you have to listen to what yes. he's saying. Yes. And it, it went absolutely quiet in the theater. Mm -hmm. Everybody was sort of leaning forward in their seats to see what he was going to say. Well, there's a, a quote in that, that great trashy biography, Where No Man. <laughs> um, but you could kind of see this, because he was, he was talking about when he did uh, his one tour, and it wasn't, it wasn't called Transform Man, but he did a tour where mm -hmm. he did a one-man show yeah. and, and did a lot of different speeches and performances. And, he, and um, in that book, he's, he's talking about um, what he can do as an actor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if the audience will let me, I can take them places. I can show them things. And without being phony or theatrical, you could see how much he loved making that connection with the audience mm. and being able to take them on this journey mm -hmm. and make them understand what he is communicating to them. Mm -hmm. You could really see that love of the direct connection. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. He was, and I love when he talked about Susie Wong and what a terrible play it was. <laughs> that was such a and funny he story. said such an actory thing. He was <laughs> saying it was a terrible play, and Francis Newham wouldn't speak whenever the director Josh Logan was in the audience. And he goes, "And it was a terrible play, and the audience hated it, <laughs> and we hated them." <laughs> and I thought, "Yep, I can't tell you the number of times you've come off stage <laughs> and gone, I hate that audience. They should all die." You know. He said it wasn't a good relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he also said about her that she was a model yeah. and she wasn't very good on, on stage because plays are different because you have to say words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got like just a little bit snarky, but not, okay, now I'm going to get my digs in on no. everybody. You know, he got a little snarky about George, but it didn't turn into, you know, a, a George Takei hate speech. No. Nope. Not at all, but I thought that was so funny mm -hmm. because you have to say words. <laughs> and this is going to shock everyone. There's really, well, except for the story about Coco the gorilla, there's really only like one reference in the whole thing to sex. That's true. Yeah. He didn't talk, well, no, he didn't talk about all the women he slept with. But no, but I mean also, you know, Bill usually makes sex jokes. That's uh -huh. a lot of his humor, and that, that wasn't there. I got to say what he did say, though, because it was so cute, and it was so aware of what his reputation is. Because he was saying when, uh, when he came out to L.A., to, and Gene Roddenberry showed him the clip of the first pilot, you know, do so you want to do it? So and Bill funny. said, <laughs> it was, he goes, well, was it? Great. I mean, it had aliens and heroes and pretty girls in skimpy bikinis. Everything I like. <laughs> that was great. Everything I like. <laughs> that was brilliant. And the way he said it. it was just oh, yeah. You could just see what a master he was. Oh, so good. Um, you know what I really, really liked was as he went through his career as an actor, I thought he did a great job of conveying that sense of eagerness to jump into new things. Mm -hmm. Like when he told the story of um, Guthrie coming to him and saying, you're going to be the understudy for, for Chris Plummer in, in um, Henry V. And he went, oh my god! <laughs> and, and was like freaking out and getting really excited about it. And mm -hmm. just like, that's a very real reaction. Mm -hmm. Not the kind of like, oh, this is so great reaction. It's more like, that's what you do. You'd be like, yeah. oh, my God. And you'd hold your face with your hands. And well, like yeah, because he was, he was, what, like probably 22, 23, right, yeah. just starting out. So I, I really appreciated him conveying to us, the audience, how high his enthusiasm was and how how just delighted he was at these things that were happening to him. And, and, and remembering how yeah. it felt, you know, yeah. when you didn't know this was going to happen, you didn't really know you were going to make it as an actor. Yeah. And just amazing, just wonderfulness. Yeah. The other thing he brought up several times, but it was also a very sort of informative thing, is um, 
almost every time he, he talked about his father, he would say, uh, you know, well, Dad, it's because I'm so busy studying at all my classes at McGill, you know. <laughs> and it was like, that was, you know, sort of his excuse for everything. But it also sort of, you know, I don't know, brought up this whole idea of he wanted to follow his heart, but he did not want to disappoint yeah, his father. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm studying really hard. You know, your dad tells him your grades are really bad. All oh, those accounting classes are really tough, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, it, it, it was just. I I'm just really struck by that. It was so well put together, so well constructed. And he's such a master performer, but he's also at the point where he is comfortable enough with himself to be a little more self-revelatory. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I was really hoping it was not going to be a string of convention stories. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was not. It totally was. Because even when he told stories we have heard before, this was to tell them in a more personal more honest way. Now I know there's stuff he made up because he's Bill. <laughs> yeah, and and also. But he, in many cases, I don't think he was making them up to get the laugh. No, no, he, he was making them up, you know, because, or, or you know, enhancing them because that's what we do. I mean, when yeah. when I tell my friends stories, you know, of funny things, sometimes I exaggerate. Sure. You know, I, I also in in some of the stories, I mean, having read biographies and knowing how things happened in history, he's deliberately played with the timelines of some of the things oh, yeah. that happened to him mm -hmm. to make a better story. Yes, yes. Like, okay, fine. I'm, that, yeah, I'm that's fine with great. that. Yeah, because this isn't like U.S. History 101, so yeah. I'm okay with that. And, you know, each one of us writes our own history. Mm -hmm. And I remember once I was probably like, I don't know, 25 or something, I was telling some story to, you know, people like a family get together and my mother said oh you've told that so many times you think it's true <laughs> and I realized she's right you know once you hit on the version that works even for whatever reason for yeah. you that's what happened god damn it exactly. <laughs> okay I want to talk about one more thing okay which is the end of the show yes I have to say that hearing him do that song live makes me well up it really did. I was wiping Me tears too. away. Me too. So the song is real, written for him by Brad Paisley, and he did a very nice, shorter live version of it because obviously Brad wasn't there to be singing along with the mm -hmm. chorus and stuff. And it showed on the screen behind him a lot of personal pictures that looked like mm -hmm. they were taken by his family when they yeah. were on vacation and stuff. And just hearing him do that live was pretty amazing. And doing it live, I mean, that album was, what, three years ago? About or that? Maybe even more. Maybe four. Yeah. Something. Anyway, um, in those four years, I mean, the, you know, that was like a, a major point, tell the truth, yeah. which is, is what Ben Folds told him. Um, a Bill really coming to terms with who he is and not turning away from that because he's scared of death, but facing it facing who he is mm -hmm. and what his reputation is and part of this tour I think is for he wants us to see that he's real mm -hmm. that he is more than an entertainer but yeah. he's still a human being and yeah it, because he didn't do it in a rote way like this is how it sounds on the album no he was speaking to the audience he was speaking to us and in a way I almost wish the pictures had not been on the screen yeah me too. so I that I could have just totally focused on what yeah. Bill was doing, because yeah. th that's the only point at which I would say they were a distraction. Yeah. Even even though I don't know, they were kind of funny and, and stuff, but well, they were supposed to re you know reflect more, right? Like, because right. they were pictures taken by his family on vacation. Like mm -hmm. this is the person that he is, that he's not just the entertainer part of it. Mm -hmm. That he is a real person with a family. Yeah. All that stuff, but having him do that was was really really good. Yeah. And really incredibly powerful emotionally. Mm -hmm. It really was. Yeah, I, I was like you. I was getting shivers. What a great song. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I hope that that song is part of his legacy as well. Yeah. Because I, I don't think you hear 
entertainers like him speaking so honestly to their audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I get so sick of songs by like, you know, rich pop stars about how hard their lives are and stuff because who cares? You're like, yeah, maybe that is your real life is that you have to be on the road all the time and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But I don't really give a shit about that. For him, a person who's been in front of the pub, in front of the public, in the public eye for as long mm-hmm. as he is, to just say it so simply, well, and, I, and and to apologize. Yes, that's the other thing. Is oftentimes when you think of actors trying to explain themselves to the public or whatever, and like you say, the self-pitying songs, or the other flip side of that is, is angry. Go away! I can't solve your problems. Yeah. yeah. Um, like John Lennon was always furious when they brought the cripples backstage. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was more, like you say, he, he apologizes to us, but it, it's also um, a realization of how he looks to you. Yeah. I know you've seen me on the screen, yeah. but I'm not the person to call. I, I don't know any more than you do. And in a very gent- gentle way, like, yes. okay, I'm going to let you down gently. It's like your parents trying to tell you there's no Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly mm-hmm. like that. And You know, when yeah. you were saying, uh, for a performer to talk about that, the other song, in a way, is kind of self-pitying, but not in that whiny way, but I think is a very true picture of, of what a rock star's life on the road is like, is Bob Seger's Turn the Page. I don't know that song. <gasps> oh, I've got to play it for you. It's one of my <laughs> absolute favorite songs he ever did and in fact it was the first song I ever heard by him that just made me stop dead in my tracks and go what is that so when the show's over I'm going to play turn the page for you okay that would be good um so I'm really glad he closed the show with that Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good um good choice Bill yes and everybody well he got a standing ovation Mm mm-hmm no encores (laughs) <laughs> no, no, Brad Paisley didn't come out to do it with no, him. No, no, not at but. all. Um, Bill did also, during the course of the show, tell a couple of Chicago-based stories, mm-hmm. which I wonder if he made specifically for this show or whether they're in the show anyway. Well, I know that in one of the books, I'm thinking maybe the recent one, the story about driving to Chicago, mm-hmm. that's in the book, but I can't remember if it was actually going to Chicago or okay, not. Okay, maybe a different city. <laughs> yeah. Could have been. It could have been. Oh, look at Jack the podcasting dog is standing up saying, pay attention to me. He is. Um, We've talked about Bill too long as far as he's concerned. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wasn't at the show tonight. I he know. know. He doesn't know how awesome it was. <laughs> how incredibly awesome. But um, that was a very funny story. Yes. So it was nice. He gave some props to yeah, I, I keep wanting to say, and then he said, and then I realized I don't want to give it all away for those of you who haven't seen it. But, you know, if he's coming to somewhere near you, if you can possibly scrape together the bucks, if you're a Shatner fan, oh, yeah. it's just go so see it. And it, it's, it is Shatner. It is not a Star Trek convention. It is not a Star Trek themed thing. Nope. He realizes that as far as his public is concerned, that's the biggest thing that's ever happened in his life. Mm-hmm. And... But he's sharing a lot more, and and not in the Trekkie convention way. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're going to film this and release it on DVD. Yeah, I wonder. That would be interesting, um, because I would love to see it, to see how it plays with different audiences. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say, they showed a clip of Gonzo Ballet, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen that yet, but. Um, as far as cinematography goes, I thought it sucked. Yeah. Um, I really hate when people film dance who do not know how to film dance. Because if there was any motion or phrasing or whatever to this dance, you couldn't see it from no, the way it was the, filmed and cut. And, and the cuts were way too quick and the angles were all wrong. You yeah. couldn't see the dancer's feet half the time. Oh, I know. I hate that. I hate that. Do you, though? Do you hate it? I really, really, <laughs> really hate it. No, I really hate it. <laughs> Lane has been giving me tips on how to be a hipster because after I'd signed the lease down my new apartment, a friend of, and a friend of mine said, so where are you moving? And I told her, and she goes, oh, that's a very hip neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So now I'm worried because I'm not really that hip, and 
walk around, most people I see are younger than me. So I'm going to be like the grandma of my neighborhood. The grandma of hipsters. Well, there were those girls. <laughs> so when we got off the elevator coming home, there were four teenage girls standing outside the elevator, and one of them was in a shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> well, I said maybe that's what makes it a hip neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Jack and I are going to have many fun adventures. Yeah. You're going to have to get him some little hipster doggy accessories. Okay. Like, he, he'll love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you can get him a little hat from Peru or something. <laughs> a little ironic t-shirt. He, <laughs> he does not wear hats. Well, I can't even get him to wear his coat. <laughs> what about an ironic doggy t-shirt? That says, like, I'm a dog. <laughs> That would be perfect. That would be. If, if I see that, I am going to get it. That would be a hipster dog t-shirt. Okay, I'm going to find a pet store in this neighborhood and see if they sell the I'm a dog t-shirt. <laughs> so, wearing all the, the Star Trek t-shirts and everything, because we're Star Trek fans, makes us the original hipsters? Hmm, good question. Uh... Well, maybe not, because... The, the irony of wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm a dog, is you can instantly tell he is a dog. Yes. And maybe you cannot instantly tell <laughs> that we're Trekkies and Shatner fans. Mm, probably not. I don't think so. No, I don't think we could. I, I mean, that, that a person could look at us and instantly assume yeah, that we're Trekkies. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what would be totally ironic for us. A t-shirt for me that says, I'm overeducated. <laughs> but you can't tell that from looking at you. You have really? to talk to you oh, a while. I thought it was pretty obvious. No. As soon as I opened my mouth, No, maybe. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, for me it would have to say something like, I'm a white lady from the Midwest. <laughs> because that's what I am, and that is exactly what I look like. Mm -hmm. I looked like that after I'd lived in New York for 11 years. Um, yeah, I've... I've strangers mm -hmm. you know used to come up to me in New York and ask for directions and I was talking to somebody about it here in Chicago and they said well yeah you have that nice open face that Midwesterners have and you look like you'll actually tell them the truth and this was somebody who had just met me so yeah that would be my ironic t-shirt listeners <laughs> Bill's ironic t-shirt I'm William, William Shatner, Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> or just yes it's me <laughs> would be good mm -hmm. that would be very good I like that or or maybe one there he could have several of them <laughs> of course and one, another one could be call me Mr. Shatner yes that, that would be good too mm -hmm. I like that okay one more thing I have to say all right I'm just remembering all the good stuff I know he, Bill showed the clip from the Star Wars thing mm -hmm. the oh AFI my, tribute to oh my George god Lucas. that was funny I had forgotten how funny that was yes he played that like a master and he set it up perfectly yes he set that up so perfectly, so when they showed the clip and showed the various audience reactions, which gets a laugh anyway, it got huge laughs. It was so good, and and I had just I had forgotten just how good his performance at that was. Mm -hmm. When he takes the paper out of his pocket and, and mumbles, mumbles. Oh my God, so good. Yep. So very funny. I just love that. <laughs> and then, you know, when they were showing the clip from Boston Legal, when they were on the, the balcony, mm -hmm. all I could think of was, we were sitting in back of that <laughs> on a different day, watching them filming, but we were sitting in back of that. Mm -hmm. We were sitting there yep. on the set. That's right. We touched them. <laughs> I keep thinking of you in the Boston Legal bar touching the fake limes. <laughs> so cool. So cool things I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Every time I go someplace where you're not supposed to touch things now, I think of you. And I think of you stealing the this, this shooting schedule. And you did it so surreptitiously that even I, who was sitting right next to you, did not know you got this big fucking piece of paper out of a bag, folded it up, and put it in your jacket, and nobody knew. God, you're amazing. Thank you. We were also <laughs> we were reminiscing about the time we touched Bill's car as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm up to two now. <laughs> touch, touch.
watch I want to hold your hand one day because oh. I haven't seen that in so long oh. I, I think of that every time with the touching yes <laughs> touch, touch, touch. Well, I think of the next day when we went to the horse show and he was driving his car and we go oh damn they washed all our fingerprints <laughs> off it touch 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 what was that horse's name Oh, my God, we might have to listen to our old podcast. Oh, God. Or listeners who write down everything we say. When we went to Shatner Weekend and got our pictures taken with Bill and his horse. The horse had a goofy name that was like a, a cereal mascot, like Snap, Crackle, or Pop, or <laughs> Sniffles, or Snuffles, or yeah, Ruffles. Maybe I'll write to Ruby Pearl and ask her. <laughs> She'll know. Snuggles. Or Edwin. Yeah, that's true. Edwin would know. Snuggles. Now, Edwin posted a very detailed review of this on the Shatner Oh, Club. really? I haven't read it because no. I didn't, didn't want what, to. What city? I don't know. Oh, we should read it. Yes, we to should read it. see if it was it. different than Yes. Than okay, yes. cool. We'll have to do that. So maybe what we'll do, guys, for this show is we'll put a link in to a review of the show that has all the details in it if you want to know what was in it that we didn't actually talk about. Well, I can't link to Edwin's because you have to be a member sure. of the fan club. Um, and I don't know that any of the other reviews have, you know, they're reviewing it as reviewers, yeah. not as, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Mm. Well, maybe we'll have to seek one out. Uh, yeah. Boldly uh, go. Okay. We can do that. All right. Well, I'm thinking we should wrap this up. Yes. This is a very, very special show. And we'll And I it. wouldn't be surprised if you all waited, like, till your birthday or something to listen to it, because it's that special. <laughs> it's true. Um, just to remind everyone, it is March. Chatmoy happening. Oh, God, I'd like to. Next week is his birthday. I know. So it, it's all happening way, way too much stuff all at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we've done the one big Chatmoy celebration, which was seeing Bill live, which we've done. Been in the same room with him, heard him talk, laughed at his jokes. Yes, been moved. Been moved, been touched. It was really good. And I, I have to also tell our listeners that I think Lena probably has a dent in her side now because whenever, you know, he'd start to tell certain things, I'd be like, not her. <laughs> you know, and then he'd go somewhere completely different with it. It was, it was great. so amazing. I was so excited that he so, showed so many clips and or pictures of himself pointing <laughs> with the finger. Well, and I was just <laughs> remembering in our, our last show where I, I talked, we were talking about that. That picture of him pointing and how I had read this entire context into it. Pointing is important. Bill likes to point. Bill likes to point. point. It's like about as close as you can get to doing business with yourself point. on stage. Point. Pointing. Yes. If he, does, if he has no other props, he has his index finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, if you've seen Bill, tell us what you think. We want to know. We want to know what happened when he, he did the show. Um, and we'll be back very shortly with yet another episode um, with more, more fun stuff. And more from Jack to Podcasting Dog. That's right. Because he is so happy to have the two of us together. It's like yes. a big family reunion for him. In his new home. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.